We've been looking at the story of God, the story of us, and looking at how we can share our story with other people. Next Sunday is going to be a message that features the gospel of salvation. Jesus saves. We're going to look at what it means to be converted. The power of conversion, a change that takes place. Uh, The whole platform, the music, everything will be set up to send the message of the cross. So I'm asking you over this next week to invite everyone you can. Share your own personal story. Invite them to be part of this service and just see how the Lord would use it in their life as, as a process of impact in their heart. On Sunday of Easter, actually we'll have three services that weekend, Saturday night and two on Sunday morning. I'm going to look again at the cross and the resurrection. and We're going to see the power of God in freedom, in relief from sin. We've got to take conversion. There's, there's more than just conversion in salvation. There is such grace that you can look at your past and it's just as if you had never done it. Now that is profound. And we've got to go into the Word of God and see that powerful truth. And it will be one great Resurrection Sunday. Matter of fact, the entire weekend. I would encourage you to invite people and even make the commitment to friends of yours that could come on Saturday night. Bring them as your guests. And then invite friends who could come at one of the two Sunday morning services. Now when we get beyond Easter, I am going to take the whole concept of darkness and the fall of man. And I'm going to put it into a metaphor called the viper room. I've been to L.A. a few times, and inevitably my, my trip there, I've gone down this certain road, and I see on the side that famous place called the Viper Room. Famous for some of the most life-changing uh, uh, stories in an evil way that have happened in our culture. And it, it serves as an illustration of how we can get caught in the traps of sin. And I'm going to take that metaphor and continue this whole theme of Christ's salvation to bring freedom from addiction, freedom from the pain of abuse. It is going to be raw. It is going to be uh, very direct and very helpful. So it's all kind of ramping up. And then at the end of April, we're going to invite all ladies here to attend the Beth Moore simulcast. It's called So Long Insecurity. And for you to invite your friends and the entire uh, weeks ahead are all about letting the light of God shine. It says, the light of heaven has shone down and his love is irresistible. That's what we just heard and it is so true. And we don't want one person in this community who doesn't know Jesus to remain in that situation. We want to share grace with them. And so I want to tell you that each Sunday between now and the end of April is going to be prime time to bring guests who are searching for truth, who are searching for help. And we have used the last few Sundays to set ourselves ready to speak to our friends out of our own story and the story of God, connecting it with all that's going on in the church. We have released now a commercial that's on television that connects with these sermons that are going to be happening. So everything is ready now to to see a real harvest of salvation. So I want you to join me in that pursuit.
Well, take your Bibles with me and turn to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, a great New Testament book. Luke chapter 23, if you'll turn there with me. Verse 34, the first sentence. Luke chapter 23, verse 34. going to read the first sentence. We now have come to this important time of the year where we're going to focus on the cross. So let's, let's tie this right into the messages about our own story. Luke chapter 24, I'm sorry, chapter 23, verse 34 says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. We have seen the power of God help us go from shame to honor and how we share our story of that transition. From doubt to faith, from fear to peace. Today I want to get into the category of how God takes a bitter heart and takes a life that could have gone down bitter street, but through his grace and power, we went from bitter to better. I want to talk about how the the pain of life could close us up and shut us down and leave us broken, but through the power of God, we're not closed, but we're open open to receive from God, and open to help other people through that story that almost destroyed us. I want to talk about pain to restoration. And where we want to go to in this message is the effective, powerful, life-changing witness that comes from a wounded healer. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, now we invite your presence. You're here. But now may that presence take this word, plant it deep in our heart. Let us receive it and be changed by it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, there are those situations in life that jolt. It's like being kicked. It literally shoves you into a new reality. When that happens, life as you knew it is no longer. I am very honored today to have Kelly's sister here, Joanne. Joanne, would you stand and let us give you a welcome to the service today? We're glad to have you. Many of you have heard of their story, how in 1981, on a family vacation, on their way home, uh, they were hit by a drunk driver, their car turned upside down, their mom thrown from the car and immediately killed. Uh, Kelly's sister Joanne was also thrown from the car and uh, severely injured and was in critical condition for many days to the point that she was not even able to attend her mom's funeral. She was in a hospital in South Carolina, their home being in Manassas, Virginia. She was finally flown home. An accident that happened in February was finally flown home in a full body cast in April. After continued hospitalization and a lot of therapy, the cast was finally removed and she spent her senior year learning to walk again. She was 17 at the time of the accident, Kelly was 13. And at that moment, you're shoved into a new reality. Life as you knew it is no longer. There's not a person in this room who hasn't had some situation that has brought you to an intersection that if you don't handle it by the grace of God, it'll send you down bitter street, close you off to the love of God, 
and the love of people. It will leave you in the pain of the situation and you'll spend your days in cynicism and brokenness. There is an option. The option is that through the power of God and the power of the cross, you can go from bitter to better. It's not just a phrase. It's not just good words that kind of go together. I'm talking to you about the pure power of God that can take a very closed off heart that would never want to open again because of the pain of life to where you are very receptive to the love of God to you and through you. You'll see that in living color today to where you could be shut down in the pain of life but you are restored by the power of the cross not only restored in your own heart but then you become an ambassador of restoration. You become a wounded healer. Just as this culture needs your story from shame to honor and from fear to peace and from doubt to faith, this culture needs your story from pain to restoration. This perhaps could be the most effective witness you could possibly give. There is a universal language that is spoken in this day It's the language of pain. I don't care who you are. I don't care the culture that a person comes from, whether they're rich or poor, black or white, male or female. There is something we all have in common, and that is pain. And when we can share the story of our pain to restoration, we are going to connect, and God is going to use us in a profound way. How is that transition possible? Well, we've read a verse today, and I want to put a picture on the screen. It's the picture of Christ on the cross. You see, we believe that that's not just any man on a cross. We believe that that is the divine in flesh and blood suffering for us, and it sends us a message that our God is not distant or remote, but that he is with us, and he hurts when we hurt. He feels what we feel. He suffers when we suffer. One person said this, and I agree with it, that one aspect of the cross, not the only aspect, but one aspect of the cross is God's way of saying, I know how you feel. Now, Jesus on the cross in Luke chapter 23, in excruciating pain, collect the images in your mind from the passion of the Christ. It's so uh, graphically conveyed, the suffering of Jesus. With those images in your mind, now look with me what the Bible says was on his mind. In that time of incredible pain, what is on his mind is forgiveness. Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. I've not met anyone to date who has gone from bitter to better, from being closed-hearted to receptive to the presence and love of God and to be a channel of that love to other people. I've not met anyone who's gone from pain to restoration who hasn't also applied forgiveness. Now, I want to take careful time as we consider the power of forgiveness. I want to show you a few things 
And I want us to receive this today. In Tom Keller's book, The Reason for God, he makes some important and powerful statements. And let me give them to you. Here's the first one. You can forgive. You can. Next slide. Forgiveness means refusing to make them pay for what they did. However, to refuse from lashing out at someone when you want to do so with all your being is agony. Now, I I appreciate the words he chose here. He chose the word agony to describe what it's like to forgive. Forgiveness is not easy, but it's possible. When you want to get revenge... When you want your heart to stay closed and you have this unforgiveness in your heart and you want to lash out but you come to a point where you are willing to forgive the person, the situation is there in front of you and you want to react. You want to get revenge but you choose forgiveness. I want to tell you that's hard. Tim Keller uses the word, it's agony. Next slide. It is a form of suffering. See, I don't want to slide through this as if forgiveness from that which has jolted you and shoved you into a new reality, I don't want to come across as though that's just an easy thing to do. It is very possible, but it's not easy. Because it's not natural. In the fallen sinful nature, we want to get revenge. We want to, to repress it and stuff it and just live a life of bitterness and cynicism. Next slide. When you forgive, you are absorbing the debt. You are taking the cost of it completely on yourself instead of taking it out on the other person. You are absorbing it. You're taking it on yourself. Next slide. It feels like a kind of death. See, it's very important that you understand forgiveness. Forgiveness is not condoning what someone did. Forgiveness is really releasing yourself. But it is hard. It's it's like a kind of death. Next slide. But it is the kind of death that leads to a resurrection. Instead of a lifelong living death of bitterness. Again, this is from Tim Keller's book, Reasons for God. Notice it. I want to read it again. It's, it leads to a resurrection instead of a lifelong living death. Unforgiveness is a living death. A living death of bitterness. Parker Palmer in his book says... The cross says to us, the pain stops here. He goes on to say, the way of the cross is the way absorbing pain, not passing it on. Let me me speak to that for a moment. We either want to get revenge on the person who hurt us. And if for some reason we don't do that, for instance, if it's your boss... And you get revenge knowing that that could severely decrease the amount on the paycheck. We then often will take that out on someone else. 
We will pass it on. It's like a game of tennis. We serve a shot of revenge. Then it's served back. And then we come back with it. And we've got this back and forth going on to whoever is around us. But you see, the way of the cross is the way of absorbing the pain, not passing it on. Next slide. A way of transforming pain from destructive impulse to creative power. This is the power and the relevance of the cross. It gives us the power to not move into a destructive pattern. To where we are toxic, dysfunctional, and then everything we touch is influenced by that destructive power. We are moving now by the power of forgiveness into creative power. What do I mean by creative power? What did the writer mean? I think it's this. It's where you are able to forgive. You absorb the pain, but it led to a resurrection. Forgiveness. Remember, Christ on the cross, he is absorbing the pain, but it led to a resurrection. It's the same with you. It is one thing to say, I agree with the cross. I believe in what the Bible says about the cross. I give intellectual assent to the cross. I am on the team. But to never enter the Christ pattern of death to resurrection means you may never go from bitter to better. You may never go from pain to restoration. You must enter the pattern of the cross where you absorb the pain of that abuse, of that betrayal, of that situation, of that tragedy, but you take it to the cross and there then comes a resurrection through the power of forgiveness. That's creative power that then through that creative power leads to you being a wounded healer. Instead of shut down, broken, and toxic, you are filled with an ocean of compassion and you serve the love of Jesus out of the very thing that almost destroyed you to those who are desperate for that story. Who will only find perhaps the healing power and love of Jesus through your story. To know that even the cross makes it to that situation. To the side of a road at 5.30 in the morning when hardly no one else is on the road but a family returning from vacation and a drunk driver. And a mother is instantly killed and a daughter is critically injured. If you can't take the cross to that situation, then you are subject to live in a prison of pain, and that is not the Bible way. A couple of things about forgiveness. Forgiveness is always personal. It's very important in a, in a city where there are so many churches to, to address this issue. Some people say, I was hurt by that church. You got to make it personal. That church, that church can't hurt you. Somebody in that church hurt you. Make it personal. It's personal. No business can hurt you. Somebody in that company hurt you. Forgiveness is personal. It is personal. You've got to start there. 
It's not general. It is very specific. And you start with it being personal. And it is a process. I've watched both Kelly and Joanne. And in the seasons of life, forgiveness applies in that part of life. It's a process. What I'm saying is that you continue in forgiveness. Because there are seasons where situations come that remind you of of the detail of what you went through and how you were shoved into a new reality and you are once again confronted. Are you going to be bitter or better? So you have to continue in the process. You see, Joanne can't offer forgiveness on behalf of Kelly and Kelly can't offer forgiveness on behalf of Joanne. It's personal and it is a process. And through the creative power of the cross, you are then able to go and see that God can even use that part of your story. One question here might be, how are you managing the pain of the past? Is it through the power of grace moving you to being receptive to God and loving to other people? Or are you closed and broken and fighting discouragement, depression, and bitterness. We've got to bring it to the cross today. And let me show you how this works when you get to the wounded healer side. Here is how pain unites. I want to ask a question, and could you respond by just lifting your hand if you're in the category? If you have been affected by cancer or a loved one of yours has been affected by cancer, would you lift your hand and just keep it lifted? Keep it lifted. Look across every section and a great percentage in every section. Now, I want to tell you, of all the hands that were lifted, you may have very different incomes and backgrounds, but that one issue unites you. That you have battled something or a loved one has battled something and that has a way of creating a bond. I'll use something very insignificant but it just happened uh, recently. I I jammed my thumb this week and so buttoning a shirt or writing it was just awkward but what it caused me to do something just a minor inconvenience, very insignificant it made me aware. I saw a brother come into church today and his hand is all wrapped up where he had an accident. And I mean, I immediately saw it. We have something in common. Our hands are really hurting right now. You see, it makes you sensitive. Had I not jammed my thumb this week, I probably wouldn't have noticed that he had his hand all wrapped up unless he said, hey, did you see this? But because I have gone through something as minor as I went through, it made me connect. Now, I can say how many of us have been to Hawaii, and it doesn't have near the the effect as how many of us... Let me ask another question. How many of you have gone through a situation of a loved one uh, facing, going through an untimely death, a tragic death in your family? I have. My brother at age 41, Kelly and Joanne's mom, your loved one. You see, you and I could be poles apart in our interest and our personality, but 
we just found a point of connection that supersedes all of those other issues because we can speak to a situation what it's like to walk that out when someone that you love is no longer part of your life because of death. There's not a person you'll meet this week who hasn't gone through the deep waters of suffering. And if wounded healers can be released on this community to show the true power of the cross, that it's so much more than just getting on God's team and saying, okay, I believe it, but there is a life impact that comes from the cross, and that is the power to forgive that allows me to go from bitter to better. My friend, we can do some major, major ministry in this community. I encourage you to consider your story. How are you dealing with it? Everyone understands the language of pain. And here's where I want to close. We could tackle the question, why this? Why did that have to happen? I'll give you my own story. After tackling that question over situations in my life, in many cases, I couldn't find an answer. But I came to this point of clarity. If I could find the answer, does that really help? Because the situation is as it is. If your parents divorced and you could come up with an answer why, they're still divorced. Your loved one that died the untimely death, if you could finally you know, reach the conclusion of why, it doesn't bring them back. Why that person crossed the line with you? Why the abuse? Why the betrayal? Why the tragedy? If we can figure out why this, it still doesn't change the fact that we're left here to deal with the result. So maybe the question is not why this, but what now? And the what now question is, can I, by the grace of God, receive healing in my heart that's personal and that's a process so that then out of my heart, the what now is I'm going to help somebody else who can head down Bitter Street and close off their heart and live a life of brokenness and pain. I'm going to show them there's another way. What now? It's a redoubling our efforts to say God is still God and God is still good and God never fails and I don't have answers for why this, but I can tell you the answer to what now is that I'm going to go from bitter to better and from pain to restoration and then I will seek out that person because now the creative power of the cross in me will allow me to empathize and sympathize you can look at someone and say, I, I, have, I have been where you are. And I want to tell you that it's not over for you. 
and that God is able and that through the confusion, you know, you won't come in with all of the things that you're not supposed to say. Like some of these church signs. I'm getting healed over many things in my life and one is some of these church signs. One person in this church who was going through a horrible, horrible time, lost a father in a tragic accident. person walks into their world and says, I'm watching you, and you're starting to turn your eyes toward the world, and I think God allowed this to happen so you'd want to see your dad again in heaven. And it turned that young man's heart about as cold as ice. And it sent him running from God as fast as he could. And only by the grace of God has he come back into the faith. His dad killed in a, in a, in a tragic accident, hit by a train. And that's what someone says. And then, and, but through the grace of God, that man goes from bitter to better. Many of you may have heard of the name Ted Robertson. Because that's the guy whose dad was killed by the train. And it was Ted that was told that situation. And he went far from God, but God brought him back in. And now he's become a tremendous influencer on many people. He's a wounded healer. Can we give God praise that there's that kind of grace? Amen. Amen. I want to invite Kelly and Joanne to the platform. Joanne wrote a song from this situation and I, I think it will help us to come to a close in this service and it, it kind of illustrates what I'm talking about there's healing in this song there's healing that just flows through two people who have decided to trust God anyway who have decided to receive the power of grace and the power of the cross Joanne is the wife of David Baird and they pastored the Life Church in the DC corridor and just leading and, and they lead with love and I can tell you I've seen it firsthand within the home and within the church, they lead with love. And the only way you can love like Joanne loves is if you've just gone to the cross with all of your questions and just said, okay, God, I'm gonna choose forgiveness and I'm gonna let you take me by the hand and walk me through this situation. Seeing that in Kelly's life and now they're both wounded healers and you can do the same. As Kelly sings this, I would like for you to consider what you've gone through and say, you know what, Lord, me too. I forgive, and I choose to let the creative power of the cross flow through me to make me an influence to help someone else. Not the destructive impulse of revenge, discouragement, depression, going deep in cynicism and bitterness, but through the creative power of the cross working through forgiveness to where there's an ocean of compassion and I can have an influence. Paul said that which almost destroyed me is working life in others because he was a wounded healer. Receive the words of this song and then we'll come to the Lord in prayer. I saw pieces of my life scattered all around and watch dreams of tomorrow fade away but then I 
special healing touch in your own heart 
why don't we just receive it now? You see, you didn't come here today by accident. The Lord has you here. We've tried, not tried to make light of your pain to present that it's just easy. No. But as you absorb it and come to the cross, there is a resurrection. Kelly could tell you there's a resurrection of your emotions, a renewal of your mind, a refreshing of your heart. And then you sense an anointing, an assignment, a touch of God on your life through that situation. As Kelly talked about, the hand of God is always reaching down and it's reaching out. It reaches out through your story and it rescues someone sinking in their own pain. If the hand of God is reaching out and taking hold of your hand, it's a hand of grace that must reach into a hand of faith. You may not have it all figured out and you may still wonder, can you really go from bitter to better? You see, just have faith. Let God do the work. Just reach out that hand of faith and put it in his hand of grace. And he'll bring you. He'll bring you from death to resurrection. He will bring you from pain to restoration.